0: I'll give you my title here in just a moment. I'll give you what I'm talking about. But I want to just point, if you don't know, this passage of Scripture is referring to the the trial of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And in this verse, King Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of Babylon, a, a great empire at that time that had taken Israel, captive and had them in their land and Nebuchadnezzar was the king what he said in his kingdom was law now he did not know our God it's evident uh, that he didn't know him he did not worship our God so what would make a man who was king and ruler and the authority the supreme in the sight of all that looked at him would cause him to make a statement. There is no other God that can deliver after this sort. If we go back to verse 15, we see where he is addressing Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and he says he's he set up a golden image, and he wants all nations, tongues, languages to worship it. It says that in verse 7, it would be all people and Languages and nations. He wants everybody there to worship this golden image. But Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego would not bow down to this image. He said, Now, if you be ready, that at what time you hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, all kinds of music, if you fall down and worship the image which I have made, it'll be well with you. But if you worship not, You shall be cast the same hour into the midst of a burning, fiery furnace. And and who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? So he said, I don't know any God. I don't know why you're standing here not worshiping, why you're not doing what you're supposed to do, but I don't know a God that could deliver you out of my hands. He thinks he's got all the power. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said, King, we're not careful to answer you in this matter. If it be so, our God... Whom we serve, he is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace, and he will deliver us out of thine hand, O King. But if not, be it known unto you, O King, we will not serve your gods, nor worship the golden image which you have set, set up. So this king did not know our God; he did not worship our God. But because these three stood, we read what he said in verse twenty-nine: There is no other God who can deliver after this sort. Revelation was given to the king and everybody that was there that day because three men stood instead of bowing down. And so what's that mean for us this year, Pastor? It means in 2024, this is the year that we stand. This is the year. Come on, somebody. Oh, I wish I could get somebody to just stand up with me for just a second. And say I'm excited to be a servant of the true and living God. And I've made up my mind. And I've fixed my heart. That I'm going to serve him. And only him. 2024. We stand. But you can be seated. Because three stood. Revelation was given to the king. And all that were there that day. I don't know the number. Of people that were at that service. How many people there that fell down and bowed down. How many Jewish people fell down. How many of their own countrymen that knew the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That knew about Moses and and Joshua. That knew about uh, what God had done at the Red Sea and to Pharaoh's army. They knew the power of this God. But how many of their own people that day bowed down. To this image that the king had made. If the three had fallen down, if they had not stood, and I'm not just talking about a position where you're upright or laying flat on the ground, but it does, uh, it wasn't just that they were standing on their feet, but as they stood on their feet, they were showing the king, We stand for our God. We stand for what we believe. We stand for the God that we serve. We stand. But if they had fallen down, even if it was just to save their life, you know, it's easy to start rationalizing some things, and you're like, we know we love God, but I don't want to die. So let's just bow down. We won't say nothing. We'll just drop our head, and we'll just blend in, and we'll still serve our God, and and, and everything will be all right, and we'll be alive. And sometimes we think that's just enough, but if they had done that, to just save themselves for the sake of, of, of just staying alive, it would have killed their testimony. God was there to do a work that day. And he said, I need somebody to stand so that the king can see. He's not the all in all. He's not all the power. He, he ain't got all the authority, but there's a, there is a God that he don't know. And I want to make sure that somebody sees that somebody will stand for the true and living God. Oh, I'll tell you, it's great that they walked around in a burning fiery furnace. But the greater miracle is what they displayed that day. What people of every nation and tongue and language, how many captives were there, and how many people of their own brothers and sisters that had bowed down because they didn't want to die saw three people stand up and say, I will not bow. It's more than just sticking it to the enemy. It's more than just thumbing your nose at the king. But this is so God can get the glory. Somebody needs to say in this year, I'm going to stand. I'm not going to blend in. I'm not going to do things just to, to avoid a little conflict. I'm not picking a fight, but I'm not going to bow down just because the world tells me I got to bow down. I'm not going to give in to the systems of this world just so they can say, uh-huh, they ain't nothing really to what you got. The king got a revelation. There is no other god. He's greater than the image. He was so sure and so uh, awestruck by the power and, and the keeping power of this god that he said, "If anybody talks against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, we're going to cut him in pieces. We're going to destroy him. We're going to tell you. this was a king who did not believe before. He he thought I got all the power." I'm the supreme one. I make the rules. You'll worship what I say worship. But all it takes is somebody to stand and say, look, I'm going to stand up. I'm not going to compromise for the sake of convenience. I'm not going to compromise so I can avoid a confrontation. Listen, this life that you live for Jesus is going to always be opposed by the world. Jesus said, don't be upset and marvel if they hate you because they hated me first. Uh, I'm not here, again, to pick a fight or to make anybody sour against the kingdom of God. But I'm not going to lay down and I'm not going to bow down and worship the way the world worships. I'm not going to give in to the rules that they set that are contrary to the word of God. On every front, this world needs to see the church. Somebody that day needed to see faith in action. Not just talk, but standing for what they believed in. How will people know what God can do? How will they come to a knowledge of Him if nobody stands for this God that we serve? Serving this God, you know, in verse 30 it says, and then the king promoted them. In the sight of all that were there that day, they just moved up. Listen, you're only going to be moving up when you serve the Lord. You don't have to bow down. You don't have to cower. You don't have to retreat. You don't have to surrender. But you can stand because when you stand for God, he'll stand for you. You hear what I'm talking about? When you stand for God, he'll stand for you. And if you're just wondering, can I take the heat? Honey, you can take the heat when you stick with God. I said it before. It wasn't, this wasn't just about, now. Nah, we're going to get to stick our tongue out at the king after this. God wasn't just trying to stick it to the enemy. This was for him to get the glory that he is due. To show his power and his might and his deity, his oneness. That there is no other God. That the king said himself, there is no other God. Can't do it. But how would they have ever known if no one stands? People would continue in error. They would continue to worship falsely or weakly. With compromise. But if we... And and that's why... You know, listen. When you stand in this life and in this walk, when you stand up for what's right, when you stand up for truth, guess what? You might get knocked down. But there's a difference between getting knocked down and bowing down. But the Scripture says, if we get knocked down by the enemy for him not to get happy and throw a party yet, rejoice not against me, O my enemy. When I fall... I shall arise. The enemy may knock you down, but you're going to always get back up. But if you get knocked down by compromise, you're staying down. Come on. If we get knocked down because we have surrendered and give in, we're going to stay down. But honey, when you stand for the Lord, when you make up your mind that we are the church of the living God and we're going to stand, there is no compromise when it comes to the word of the Lord. It can't be changed because of culture. Covenant will always be greater than culture. And we are in a covenant We are in a blood covenant with the King of kings and the Lord of lords, and it's never going to be changed. There is no compromise when it comes to God's word. In Jeremiah 6 and 16, he instructed the people, Thus saith the Lord, Stand ye in the way. That doesn't just mean stand up on your feet, but it means stay fixed. Stay in the ways of God. Stick to the ways of God. Stand in the way and see. I'm telling you, you're going to start seeing some things when you stand up for the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Hey, He don't need me to fight His battles. But he's wondering, who's going to have faith in my name? Who's going to believe the report of the Lord? Who's going to stand up in the middle of a dark and perverse generation and say, I serve the Most High God, the Holy, Holy, Holy Lord God Almighty, King of kings forever. Who's going to stand in that day? This world is going to get darker. This world is going to get worse. But the church is going to get greater, and God's still building it. Let me tell you, we ought to be happy that you got the victory today. Because no matter what he throws our way, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of the living God. Stand in the way and see. This is the year that we stand, church. I don't know why God dropped it in my spirit, but that's what he said. I'm not sure everything that's going to come our way, but this is what the Lord told me. He said, you're going to stand. I need a church. I need a people. I need somebody that's going to stand. I don't know what's going to happen, what kind of laws they'll pass, or what's going to come our way, but God's wondering who will stand. Stand in the way and see and ask for the old path. You know what? There's a lot of people standing and a lot of people waiting to see, but they're not asking. He said, ask for. ...for the old path. We're asking God to do something new. There's a lot of people asking God to bend the rules, change the scripture, eliminate some things. But he said, you stand and ask for the old path and walk in it. Walk how? Walk by faith. Honey, it ain't time to start eliminating scriptures out of your Bible, out of your prayer life, or out of your walk. But it's time to grab the word of God and say, it's forever settled in heaven. And every promise in the book is mine. And it belongs to the church. And I'm going to stand on the unchangeable word of God. That's the good way. Oh, the good way is what what they're doing in the world now. No, that ain't the good way. That's the compromised way. Well, you know, I don't have to fuss or fight. You don't have to fuss or fight now. Just stand for God. Nobody told you to pick a fight. Nobody told you to be ugly. Nobody said to be mean. Just stand for what got you here. Stand for how you felt that night when you got down in the altar and said, God, I'm sorry for the way I lived and I want to change my life and I'm repenting to you now. And, And stand for the way you felt when you come out of the water baptized in Jesus name, washed in the blood of the lamb and you knew that something's done happened in my life. Oh, Stand on the feeling you had when God filled you with the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues as the spirit of God gives the utterance. It's time that we start standing on who we are. Jude said, we need to earnestly contend for the faith that was once delivered to the saints. Earnestly contend. Stand for it. Because evil men have have crept in unaware. And they're changing the unchangeable word of God. They're changing the ways of God. They're saying God said this was all right, but God hadn't said it was alright. That you'll be fine if you do this, but you're not fine if you do that. Stand on the word of God. I know the world is against us. And I know we have trials and tests. And I know that, this, that there's uh, systems in place now uh, that we're fighting against uh, in the world and in the spirit and we're wrestling with things. But we can't stop believing and trusting in the living God. We can't quit just because it gets tough. Just because the heat gets turned on. Imagine how hot it was. I believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could feel the heat while they were at the edge of the furnace, but God wouldn't let it kill them. And the natural mind would have to be thinking, this is going to hurt, <laughs> this is going to be bad, but God kept them. There's a quote that by Martin Luther King Jr., he said, the ultimate measure of a man is not where he stands in moments of comfort and convenience, but where he stands at times of challenge and controversy. And maybe we could amend that, say the ultimate measure of the church is not where we stand in the midst of revival and mountaintop experiences, but where do we stand when we're walking through the valley of the shadow of death? Uh, Where do we stand when the world is coming against us and threatening to lock our doors or lock us up because we won't change on what the word of God says? Where will we stand? pastor I don't want to be locked up and I don't want no trouble and 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 I still believe the Lord in my heart the Lord knows my heart but the world will see your actions and if they see us give up and if they see us bow down how will they ever know that there is one true living holy God how will they ever know that he's the king of kings and the Lord of lords? How will they ever know how to be born again? How to walk upright? How will they ever know to stand if we don't stand? If those of us that have been filled with the power of the Holy Ghost won't stand up on our feet, lift our voice in a high praise to God, how will a lost and dying world ever know that he exists? How will the kings or the presidents or the governors or the mayors or all the people that think they hold all the cards ever know that there is a God in heaven? If his people won't stand. We live in a time where wickedness and sin are ever increasing. And this world needs to see the church stand. Jesus said we are the light of the world. Wow. We're the light of the whole world. You would think we were like a big spotlight. But then he describes us as a candle. On a candlestick. For the whole world. Maybe little as much when God is in it. He said, I know that you seem small in your own eyes. And I know it seems like overwhelming odds against the church. Because it looks like there's more darkness than that candle can light up. But if we could get all the candles to light up. Hello. If we could get all the candles to stand up. We could get all the candles to come out from under that bushel. It's going to be a light shining that the world's going to see. Come on now. I know it seems like uh, everything's against us, but the prophet Isaiah wrote a promise. Woo! Isaiah 59 and 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. But how are they going to fear what they don't ever see how are they gonna ever fear what they don't ever hear about? I'm not talking about being afraid. And I'm talking about how are they gonna ever reverence or worship or uh, honor a God that they don't know nothing about, because nobody has ever took a stand. When the enemy shall come in like a flood, a flood is probably the most devastating natural disaster on planet Earth, because it can remove houses. We think about tornadoes tearing. That's, that's awful, but a flood—it'll wash away a house, a town, cars, people, animals, plants, everything, whew, just gone. And it leaves behind a mess: mold and mildew and disease. You can't drink the water because it's contaminated now. You can't. A, a flood is one of the most financially devastating. Disasters that the world ever sees. It's more than earthquakes, tornadoes, all those things, anything with water. And when the enemy comes in like a flood, or he wants to swallow the church up, he wants to wash it away. He knew that the enemy was coming. He knew that he'd try to fight us. And when he comes in like a flood, trying to make out like he's something big, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Now, I've always thought about that and wondered, really, God, I'm trying to figure out what. I, I rejoice over it because I know there's an answer there. But today, in this morning in prayer and studying, the Lord said, the church is the standard. Maybe I could take you back to Acts chapter 2. When Peter stood up among the eleven because people were speaking in other tongues, because the Holy Ghost had come in and and filled the room and filled all those that were sitting in the room. And people wondered, what in the world is happening? But this is that, Acts 2 and 16, which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Well, honey, in the last days, it's going to be like it was in the day of Noah. In the last days, it's going to be like it was in the days of Lot. And when the enemy tries to come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord is going to lift up a standard against it. I don't know about you, but I got the spirit of the Lord inside of me. And I ain't bowing down. But the Lord is saying, I'm going to lift up my church. I'm going to lift up my bride. I'm going to maximize my people in the sight of all. They, gonna look, they, they think they're going to walk on them and crush them, but I'm going to lift them up. Woo, come on. Aren't you glad? He said, I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and daughters are going to prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and handmaids, I will pour out of those days of my spirit, and they will prophesy. God's got gifts and anointings and callings and miracles and signs and wonders. And it's going to come through the spirit-filled, blood-bought church of the living God. Honey, the church is a standard. And if we're not going to stand up, then who is? Who's going to stand and say, I believe the Lord? Who's going to stand and say, I'm on the Lord's side? Who's going to stand in this day? I'll tell you what, we are. We're going to stand. This is the year that we stand. Because we've got loved ones and friends and neighbors and people that need to see that there is a true and living God. Don't you go to school and drop your head. Don't you go to the family reunion and sit in the corner and say nothing. Don't you go to your job and act like you ain't got nothing. Honey, you go in there and you stand. Tell somebody, hey, this is the year. This is the year that the church is the church. This is the year that the ch- last year we were united. Well, this year we stand united. We stand. We don't lose united just because the calendar changed. That was something that God put inside of us. And this year He said, "United we stand. We're going to stand for the living God." God said, I will show wonders in the heaven above and signs in the earth beneath. Blood, fire, vapors of smoke. The sun shall be turned in the darkness, the moon in the blood before the great and notable day of the Lord. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Let me tell you, there were people, devout men from every nation, every tongue, every kindred, every people. They were there that day. There were people there, and they didn't know what was happening. But the Lord said it doesn't matter where they're from if they call on the name of the Lord. Well, we know what that means. now. I'm not going to teach that Bible study right now. But how will they know who to call on if nobody is standing up for him? That's why Peter stood up and said, I can't let y'all be uh, confused or deceived or or think we're just having a party and getting drunk. He said, we are not drunk as you suppose, but this is that. That was prophesied. God put it in his word, and now it's coming to pass. And I'm telling you that I believe more than anything today that when the Lord said, when that enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. That he was talking about the church of the living God. He was talking about his blood-bought, Holy Ghost-filled children. Because it, he don't just need a sign, he don't just need a banner. He needs somebody that can stand up and say, we're not even careful to answer you on this. We're not going to serve the world. We're not going to serve the world and its standards. We are going to live for God. We will stand. We will stand. Oh, come on, somebody. The church is in the greatest hour it's ever been in. Because it's darker than it's ever been. And the light is shining brighter than ever before. And where sin does abound, the grace of God does that much more abound. God's not going to let us be overwhelmed and outdone or flooded out. God's going to take care of us. He said, When you get in those waters, they shall not overflow you. There's a standard it's the church. It's the church. Paul wrote to 2 Timothy, uh, Timothy and 2 Timothy 3 This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce and despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof. He went on to say in verse 13, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But thou, but you, Timothy, continue in the things that you have learned Stand on what got you here, Timothy. Keep going. I'm not quitting. I'm not giving up. And I'm not backing down. But continue in the things that you have learned. Don't let the word twist it. Don't let the world turn it. Don't let the world try to customize your salvation. It's time for us to stand in the ways and walk in the old path. Because that's the good way. It's time for us to continue in the things that we have learned. He said, and have been assured of. Because you know Of who you have learned them. I want you to know today I feel like Paul and I'll tell my church just like Paul would write to the church. If you ever hear me preaching another gospel then you grab me by the neck and you cast me out the door and say don't come back here again. Listen I'm not going to ever back up from the right word of God and I'm not going to give up on this word that's forever settled in heaven. I'm not going to add to it and I'm not going to take away. The word is the word and it means what it says and we live and we stand by every Word that proceedeth out of his mouth. We stand. We stand. You can come to the music this morning, darling. So, what am I saying? How do you sum this up? I don't know how you sum it up. What I'm saying is this, though, is we're not looking to change the church and we're not going to change the message. There is one God, and him only shalt thou serve. There's no other name under heaven among men given whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. We believe, and we're going to stand on the plan of salvation, that you must repent and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. The new birth that Jesus talked about in John chapter 3, that is how you are born again born of water and born of the Spirit. We're going to stand for that. We are the church, and we are the standard. We're not going to fight about doctrine. We're not going to fight other churches. I'm not going to fight somebody that says they have faith in Jesus. You ought to be able to talk to them. I've talked to several of our guys in here that are doing Bible studies with people that are other denominations, and they have the best conversations with them. They say, man, we we just talk. And we share scripture and, and it's intriguing. And, and, and guess what? It'd do us good to learn what they think about what we what we say we believe. You'd be surprised. And you could clear up some misconceptions if you would talk about it. If you would just stand. That will provoke a question. Why? Hey, hey, we're all bowing down. Why are you standing? Let me tell you why. We're gonna stand. For our families. We're going to stand for our friends. We're going to stand in our workplace. And we're going to stand in our schools. We're going to stand for our brothers and sisters. I, I'm sure that some of Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego's family was in Babylon. Maybe their mom and dad. Maybe a, a, maybe that fun uncle. That cousin that they were so close to. Maybe childhood friends that were lived down the street that they said at Passover together and talked about the great things of God together and now they find themselves in a strange land ruled by a foreign king. But they still had the king of kings. And so we've got to stand because our brothers and sisters, people of like faith, need to see that somebody is still standing on the Word of God, standing for faith in God, standing for the truth that got us here. I'm not talking about tr- just traditions and things and, and personal conviction stuff. I'm talking about the Word. We stand. We stand for truth. We stand for holiness. We stand for righteousness. We stand for love. We stand for mercy and grace and forgiveness and reconciliation. We stand for restoration. We stand. And if you think we can't, we can. Paul wrote to Timothy at the end of his, that second letter in, in chapter 4, verse 16. He said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. Isn't that sad? When I stood up, declared the truth, nobody stood with me. He said, but all men forsook me. He was left alone. He said, I pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me. You're never going to be alone. God will stand with you. You stand for God. God will stand with you. We stand. The Lord stood with me and he strengthened me. You see, we don't just stand for God. We stand because of God. Because God gives us the strength to stand. And why does it matter, Paul? Because that by me, the preaching might be fully known. So all the Gentiles can hear and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. It's just it's almost identical to what was happening with Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. They were delivered out of the fire so that all those people they were preaching it with their life by their stand. This is the God we serve. This is what God does to those that serve him. He delivers them out of the burning fiery furnace. And you can stand with me. What are we going to do this year, church? Stand. We're going to stand. Is there a fight? Sure. Is there a battle? Absolutely. But what are we going to do? Are we going to have trials and tests? Absolutely. Are are we going to have some heartache this year? Sure. But what are we going to do? Are we going to get our feelings hurt this year? Probably. But what are we going to do? we're going to stand. We're going to make sure that we stand for the truth because this world needs to see that there's something real, something solid. Paul wrote to the church at Ephesus in Ephesians chapter 6, put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil One reason people are having a hard time standing is they're not putting on the whole. They're putting on the pieces they like. The fashionable pieces. But he said, put on the whole armor of God. So you can stand. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers. Against the rulers of the darkness of this world. Against Spiritual wickedness in high places wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand stand therefore stand church make your mind up I'm going to stand Thank you, Jesus. I know you're going through things stand I know there's great battles and things going on. I know that even before this year is over with you, you may face something and you're going to have to make a decision. I'm begging you, stand. Just stand. Stand, therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Stand. Stand. God, help us, strengthen us to stand. We don't want to bow down. Give us strength and courage to stand. Give us boldness in the face of this world to stand. Lord, by your spirit, raise up the church. Hallelujah. Church, is time to build up yourself on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. It's time to stand. It's time to stand. We've got to stand for our marriages. We've got to stand for our children. We've got to stand for our homes. We've got to stand for our community, for our city. We've got to stand for our brothers and sisters. We've got to stand for the body.